0: This is working to beat. It is Tuesday, December fifteenth, twenty twenty. I'm Kevin Cooney. Thanks for joining us. Mike Kern will join us in a second, and our, so will our guest, Rob Madi from the Associated Press, with AP's one of AP's lead football writers, has been the longtime beat guy here in Philadelphia, along with Dan Gelston. Uh, we'll discuss Eagles. We'll discuss some Phillies. Uh, he was in on the conference call on. Friday that had the um, announcement of Dave Dombrowski. We'll obviously talk about Jalen Hurts and maybe the future of Doug Peterson, uh, as was speculated today by Jeff McLean in the Philadelphia Inquirer, saying it's either Carson Wentz or Doug Peterson at this point. Um, As we start to rummage through, uh, the Eagles still alive after their win on Sunday against the Saints and now looking forward to playing the Arizona Cardinals must win game for both uh and we're at that stage in the season where must win is literal um because if you lose you could be done so eagles have a little bit of a glimmer of hope hurts play pretty well on sunday but they still have a lot of needs uh so when we come back uh we will talk to rob moddy and to mike uh about everything eagles and phillies Maybe we'll even get into a Hall of Fame question or two. Uh, Later in the show, I'll reveal my Hall of Fame ballot. So that's next. We're going to be continues right after this. Well, the Eagles obviously took a step on Sunday when Jalen Hurts appeared to be professional and solid and decent as a starting quarterback and you know answered some of the questions that people had about him in the win over the Saints. Uh there's even more questions about where the Eagles are going. And then the Phillies, of course, hired Dave Dombrowski and there's questions there. And what better time to talk to one of the best to talk to about any sport in Philadelphia, but especially the Phillies and the Eagles. From 97.5, the Fanatic, and the Associated Press, longtime Philadelphia chapter writer and Hall of Fame voter and anything else. And the radio.
1: You didn't say the radio. I said
0: 97.5. That was the first <laughs> oh, thing. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm uh,
2: fine.
0: My ears not good. And uh, one, of the lead, My bad. One, one of the lead writers on pro football for the AP. It's Rob Motte. Rob, how are you?
2: What's up, guys? Yeah, i like to recline. Mike, you're in a recliner over there? You just chill. Absolutely. Well, oh,
1: I, I live in this. <laughs> and, and tomorrow, you know, I'm, I don't know what it's going to be like tomorrow and Thursday. It could be, you know, goofy. I'm not looking forward to that. Rob, I got to ask you one thing. Yes. The two times that you bailed the Eagles coach out. <laughs> no, Rob, I'm serious about this. I really am. Because, look, I don't think Doug's dumb I don't think any of that. But when somebody has to ask him a question for the third, I mean, do you think he got it when you guys were done that all you, you and Les the first time, I don't know how many times. And McManus. All we were trying – well, yeah, but he – yeah. All you guys were trying to do was bail him out
2: because he couldn't bail himself out the first time. Well, here's the thing with Doug. One – I have a good relationship with him, and he knows where I'm coming from. Like, he goes into these news conferences just trying to get out. He goes in, I want to sure. get through this, and sure, I want to be fine. done. He's not thinking about what's the right answer. He's not thinking about what should I say. He's not. He doesn't give it much thought. He just wants to go in and get out. And I think he and a lot of other coaches approach news conferences with they're an, they're out-to-get-me mentality. That's fine. Yeah, and I get they're guarded, right? So yeah. – I kind of feel like he and I, you know, we, we have that relationship where he knows I'm mm-hmm. not trying. I'm not trying to to get him in any way. Rob, shape.
1: the only part I didn't like about it was at the end of both the, the Brett mm-hmm. Favre and and the the other one, um, was when he at the, at the after your question, he basically you were well, you guys are going to make what you want out of it and you're like, No, Doug, you're the one that made. The situation. Rob Monty didn't make it. Tim McManus didn't make it. Less, but That's the part that gets me upset, is that he's trying to turn it around to make it sound like you guys had an agenda. You guys had no agenda.
2: We, no, you know? we, we didn't, but there are a lot of false narratives out there. Sure. A lot. And, you yeah. know, I posted one last night during a Monday night football game. I don't know if you caught this, Kev. Um, Booger McFarland. Takes a quote from Miles Sanders.
0: Oh, and blows it up about Wentz. Over.
2: Yeah. And Uh-oh. where he's calling Jalen Hurts a natural leader and and says this and uses it as knock against Carson Wentz. Well, in the full quote, Miles Sanders said that Jalen Hurts is doing the same things that Carson does. Yeah. Wow. so you know there's a lot of false narratives that are being pushed out there. But no, Mike, I, I know what you're saying. He he did get. You know, he muscled up at the end, right? He got tough, wanted to get tough with that, and, and yeah. said, well, yeah, you guys. But uh, in, in, in his defense, there's a lot of false nonsense. Yeah. all right, well, well,
0: then let's ask the obvious question. What's some of the false nonsense you think at this point, besides the obvious <laughs> the Booker McFarland stuff? And just right, well, Anderson.
2: Car- Carson Wentz's leadership ability has been questioned because of speculation and false reporting. When you have a guy like Jason Kelsey come out and say, from day one, he changed the culture. When you have a guy like Fletcher Cox say, like, he's one of my best friends on his team, I got his back. When Miles Sanders more than once says, I got his back, there are, there are no leadership issues. And I think that is a false narrative that was spread by speculation and, and nonsensical uh, accusations. So that's one. Uh, here's another one. On Sunday's game, after Sunday's game, when Doug Peterson did not announce Jalen Hurts is going to start, mm-hmm. and he really looked at the bigger picture. A great team win. Jalen did very well. He was part of it. There were some who thought, well, Doug Peterson doesn't want to announce that Carson Wentz isn't to start because he's concerned about Carson's fragile psyche. Well, if there's any concerns about Carson's fragile psyche, they went out the window, one, when you drafted Jalen Hurts, two, when you benched him. No, I don't think that Doug Peterson didn't make that decision or he downplayed Jalen Jalen Hurts' accomplishments in that game because he was concerned about Carson Wentz. I think what he was doing on Sunday was pointing out, this was a total team effort, offensive line, played better than they ever have. My and he used the head football. coach of the whole team. Right. Yeah, so that's why. He, yeah. he wanted to make it not about one, right. but yet some want to pursue that, that false narrative of fragile psyche.
0: All right, then I'll float one out there that maybe is a false narrative, but... After watching what happened Sunday, and you saw it up close, it looks like there's a disconnect between Wentz and Peterson in just the way this team is run on game day. And the play calls that are made, okay, of look at how much they move Hurts out of the pocket. Look how much they relied on the running game. Look, Mm -hmm. and this is stuff that with Wentz they just don't do. Kind of the Nick Foles playbook a little bit, get the you know, get the quarterback moving a little, but also get the ball out quick. You saw that with Hurts a lot more than you ever see that with Wentz. Is is there a disconnect between head coach and 125 million dollar quarterback?
2: I don't know if I will call it a disconnect. I think what Doug Peterson does is I got a franchise quarterback being paid over a hundred million dollars. I want to run an offense this way. And rather than cater to Carson's strengths and dumbing it down or simplifying it like he does for the backups for Carson, he wants Carson to run his offense. And I agree with you because you go out there and you see, well, when Nick's out there, Foles, or when Jalen Hurts was out there, and obviously their record is 11-3, and three, they cater the offense to these guys' strengths. So why do you do that? Well, part of that is backup quarterback hasn't been out there, hasn't taken the reps. You want to keep it simple. So why don't you do that with Carson Wentz? I don't know. That's the million-dollar question. Why don't you fit an offense to Carson Wentz's strengths? Why are you insisting upon – running your offense and having a quarterback who excels out. He's one of the best quarterbacks outside the pocket. We saw those numbers over the past four years. I don't get that, Kevin. I don't understand why. I don't know if it's necessarily a disconnect or if it's Doug Peterson saying, Hey, this is my system. This is what I want to do to win. We got a franchise quarterback being paid a gazillion amount of dollars. We want him to operate my system and we've had success with it in the past because they have had success. But here's the thing. The one constant's been Carson and Doug Peterson. They've had turnover from Frank Reich and John D. Filippo to Mike Groh to now Press Taylor. Martin, Marty mortonweg has got a voice in there. Rick Scangarello's got a voice in there. And maybe, just maybe, there's too many. Voices. I was just
0: going to say, that's too many. If you're naming three out of this group who have a voice in
2: game, game planning, that's a problem in my mind. And that's the thing because Doug, maybe he's you know, you're taking these guys have been brought in, kind of forced upon him. Let's not forget that. Doug didn't want to make these decisions, right? Mm -hmm. He wanted to keep Mike Rowe. He wanted to keep Carson Walsh. So he didn't make these decisions. So they're forced upon him. And now he's trying to marry this system and that system and everybody's ideas and everybody's thoughts. And now you're trying to appease one person, listen to the other guy. I feel Carson's got too many voices in his ear. He's got too many people trying to tell him, hey, look at it this way, look at it that way, do this, do that. He's feeling the pressure from Everything around him. And and that's kind of contributed to it. But let's not, you know, let's keep in mind too part of the success that they've had when you have a backup quarterback out there. Yes, the offense is simpler, but Mm -hmm. other guys, and this is a question I asked Doug yesterday, other guys rally around that backup quarterback. You saw a total team effort. You saw a defensive performance like we haven't seen all year, and you saw the offensive line deliver. And I think guys naturally step up when they go, oh, we got the backup in there. We got to execute to like the, the best possible way we can. And they have been uh, – they've done that very well over the course of the three years.
0: And you also saw a same team that looked completely disinterested. Michael?
1: Yo, uh, Rob, I don't know what's going to happen, Sunday. uh They may go out and win again. Who knows? They may not – do you think that Jalen will or should be the quarterback for the rest of the season, and then you figure without it, whatever you're going to do after that for next year, or do you think that Doug could go back to Carson if Jalen you know, doesn't look that good on Sunday or the team doesn't look that good or what? Whatever. Um, what's your take on that?
2: It's I didn't think that they should have made the quarterback change in the first place because. You're invested in Carson Wentz. The contract situation is what it is. You're not going anywhere. I don't care if you win the NFC East. You're still not going anywhere. So what you needed to do is end this season on a high or some sort of positive. Like you can't have Carson Wentz play his final game being benched in Green Bay and then go into the offseason with all these questions. We've seen Carson Wentz Mm -hmm. perform well in December last year. Maybe, just maybe, this December they could have put it together again. More chemistry with the uh, wide receivers, the young, inexperienced guys. Go out there and finish the season on somewhat of a positive. If they don't go back to Carson, you're going to have more questions in the offseason. It's going to be even more of a difficult decision because if Jalen Hurts does perform well over the next three games, and maybe they could even get into the playoffs, it's it's not that unrealistic. Washington will probably lose to Seattle. We can have that January 3rd game, Eagles-Washington for the NFC East. If they win and get in, nobody's going to want to bench Jalen Hurts. And then what are you going to do with Carson Wentz in that contract? So I think you look for an out. If Jalen Hurts loses to the Arizona Cardinals, that's your out. Let's get Carson back in there. Final two games of the season, division games. Let's try and get this ended on a positive note.
0: The Wentz. That's interesting. Yeah. The Wentz, the Wentz Hurts situation is obviously front burner. I'm like more fascinated by what may happen to Doug and Howie. Now, You you have Joe Banner coming out to Paul Dommelwich last week. It says it's less than 10% in his mind that Howie goes. But that doesn't mean that Howie does everything that Howie's been doing. That Howie could end up having a personnel guy kind of thrust upon him the draft. Uh, Where do you see their futures, both of them, right now?
2: Well, start with Howie. I think the biggest issue with this team is personnel. I think if this football team, and we can run down a list from D.K. Metcalf to Justin Jefferson to whether it was J.K. Dobbins over Jalen Hurts or Jeremy Chinn over Jalen Hurts, whatever it is, the issue with this team is personnel. Now, they won a Super Bowl with Howie Roseman. He bought himself enough of a, a leash to where, hey, I won a Super Bowl. How much longer can you give this guy? Well, what we don't know, Kev and Mike, what we don't know is this. Who was the one making these decisions? Who drafted J.J. Ortega-Whiteside? Yes, Howie's responsible. He ultimately has final say. Joe Douglas was here, too. We've heard rumblings in reports. Jeff McClain reported that the owner, Jeffrey Lurie, had a lot of input in a J.J. pick over D.K. Metcalf. Can't have that. No. Can't have an owner wanting to draft a kid out of Stanford over D.K. Metcalf or over Terry McLaurin over someone else. So if Howie Roseman can make enough of a case, and only he and... Jeffrey Lurie know this, to where, hey, you know what, these weren't all my picks. I I relied on Joe Douglas's. I relied on the scouting team. I relied, yeah, but ultimately, Howie, it's on you. Yeah, I agree. Joe Banner knows Jeffrey Lurie better than anyone else, right? I don't think that Howie Roseman's going to be out of the organization. Could he possibly be removed or put into, not into the side of the building or in the corner like he did with Chip Kelly, but into more of a cap management role, which he's going to have to figure out and fix? Possibly, it depends, you know, it, it really depends on what they decide to do with Doug Peterson because he could be the scapegoat. He could be the fall guy. And, and if they decide we're going to move on from Doug Peterson, then Howie's going to be able to say, well, we just need another coach in here to be able to fix Carson Wentz and, and just continue the, the Howie, Jeffrey Lurie at the top of that front office structure. So, that,
0: it's, whoever, it's, drafted, it's tough, whoever
2: drafted Whiteside should
1: never have a job in the NFL again.
0: Unks, unless well, it's the owner. It was
1: Laurie, Mike? It was <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> hey, hey, I want this guy. Then Jeff is an idiot for, for not letting <laughs> his people do their jobs. I get it. You're not going to fire him. But yeah. let, let me ask you this, because I was thinking about this yesterday. Let's say Jalen Hurts plays well the last three games. Whatever. Whether they make the playoffs, they'll make the playoff. But he plays well. The team responds. can Howie kind of sit back and say, see – you know, you were all ripping me for that Jalen Hurts pick. This is the called the camera
0: argument. Go ahead.
1: <laughs> no, it's not that the camera argument. I don't mean it that way, Kevin. I'm not. I know. You take it to a different I'm level. Kidding. I'm just saying, if I'm Howie sitting in some room somewhere and you're criticizing him or I'm criticizing him, Howie could sit there and say, hey, it doesn't look so horrible now, does it? Um, I'm just throwing that out there. Is that I know You know, when egos are involved, if Jalen Hurts winds up becoming your starting quarterback,
2: Mm. Then it wasn't a horrible pick, I guess. Well, no, you and certainly he's he's you, you would think he's doing that, right? You and I and here's the thing that I didn't really necessarily believe last week when Doug says it's my decision and my decision. No, no, no way! No, you got you, there, there's no way benching Carson Wentz is just Doug Peterson's decision. There's a hundred and twenty eight million reasons why you're not going to. There's going to be input, and I thought that Jalen Hurts was thrust into the backup role in week two because Howie needed to justify a second-round pick. Hey, figure out how to use him. Give me five, six, seven plays. Disrupt the flow of the offense. Uh, Have Carson looking over his shoulder the entire season. When am I going to come out? What's going to happen? What's going on? And, And that was to justify a pick. But now all that has reached the point now where we get to where you are. Like you said, Mike, if Jalen Hurts plays well over the next three games, Howie's saying, hey, see, look at that quarterback factory. We got Carson Wentz. We we got Jalen Hurts. Now we got value for Jalen Hurts and, and maybe uh could could they potentially flip him? Could could they trade Jalen Hurts? I mean that that's part of the equation, right? I, the I told person, Kevin, uh, I told Kevin a couple weeks ago that was my scariest
1: scenario. Was that and I have nothing against Jalen Hurts. I hope Jalen Hurts becomes a good NFL quarterback. I really do. I like the kid, I loved him in college. But the worst case scenario to me is that that happens. That, that, like, to me, if, if Jalen Hurts kind of fails or isn't ready yet, then like you said, Rob, you just go in the next season thinking we can't trade Carson. He's got to be our quarterback. We have to figure out a way to fix this. I just have a feeling they're going to go into the offseason with too many options.
2: And, and here's the thing, too, though. What can four games really tell you? Yeah, right? you're right. Jalen yeah. Hurts can ball out for these next four games – so did Bobby Hoying in the nineties. Right? That was a four-game stretch. Don't are, go to Bobby Hoying card. But what what am I gonna? You know, can you really decide he's your franchise quarterback all four games? I don't know. He could eventually be a tremendous quarterback, a terrific leader, and a face of the franchise. I don't know when I'm, I'm going to be at that conclusion, though. It he certainly isn't. could, he could be. Game he
0: could be team. Gardner Minshew too. I mean, you hate saying it that way. With, <laughs> No, I mean seriously, because Gardner mentioned Take that, Joe, DeCamera? Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> what? And, 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 and Rob, you know this from covering baseball. The old baseball line: you never trust your eyes in spring training in September, right?
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, you're kind of in that spot. Like yeah. it's September. It's not you know you have your face of teams that maybe trying to play for play you know who play you know kind of with half an eye towards the playoffs, you got teams that are beat up physically. It's kind of like all those relief pitchers you see in, in let, baseball in September, in a way. Let me
1: pose this question to both of you guys. If Carson Wentz had not, let, let's say this was his, his year this year, where you'd be signing him. So let's say he wasn't signed. you had not. He, he was like Jameis Winston was last year, or Mariota was at some point. And you were the Eagles, and you weren't on the hook for all that money. Bye. What the heck would happen? Bye, he would be gone. He's walking.
2: Yeah, he coming
1: would be off this?
2: off of one jail and hurt scheme. Uh, no, but coming off coming off the whole season. Uh, right. I, okay. Okay. I got. Unless. You. So. Coming off the whole season, he's not going to be worth a $30, $40 million contract. That's correct. And you You're can right. buy cheap, right? You can buy right. cheap and you go, all right, you get a uh, you get a two-year deal or you get you know the Dak Prescott franchise tag because whatever the franchise right. tag is, it's only one year. It's not that much. Um, right. Otherwise, yeah, they're not giving him that four years, 128 off of
0: that. And, and if he became a free agent, you know, there's a guy in Indianapolis who's going to be looking for a quarterback because his quarterback yep. is 39, 40 years old.
2: And in New England. And New does
0: he strike as a Belichick type, though?
2: Man, Belichick likes talent. He can work with it. Him and Josh McDaniels. <sighs> He's bad. He's bad. Is he better than Cam right now? Yeah. He... Cam can't throw. Cam can't. Yeah. Cam's, you know, they catered their offense to Cam running the ball. So yeah. Jalen Hurts might be better than Cam right now. Uh,
0: yeah. Rob Motti, yeah. Rob D- Motti joins yeah. us. You mentioned the cap issues that they've got going forward. Mm hmm. We could be seeing the last games of. Well, obviously, I think we all agree Jason Peters is gone. Um, Brandon Graham could be gone as a cap hit. I mean, there's he is gone. He's gone. Uh, well he he's been productive. You got to cut somebody,
1: Kevin. You you got to lose. And
0: that's the question. Which, when you look at that roster, where do they, where do they make these cuts? That's not going to make them three and thirteen next year.
2: Well, you also got to look at you got to look at the ramifications of who's got contracts with guarantees and right a, a guy like Brandon Brooks, right? You played a whole season now without him. Yeah, uh, a guy a guy like Lane Johnson is as valuable as possible up until today. Now we get the news that Jack Driscoll has a MCL injury and he's he done. He played well, right? Yeah. He played oh, well. So, you know you saw some. You saw Jordan Melotta You're seeing some depth. Um, Fletcher Cox's contract's going to balloon. What is that? You got to take a hard look at that too, as well. You guys both mentioned Brandon Graham. These are going to be very tough, difficult decisions this organization's got to make. So, uh, you know, Jason Peters, obviously, he's done. Jason he's like, Kelsey could
1: retire, and, and the two yeah. wide receivers still counting against it, like Alshon huh. and Deshaun. They're still going to count as cap.
2: There's, picks, some, right? there's some hits there. There's some hits there. They can't come back. Like you look at those decisions. The kicker. How we get credit for those? Shoot. <laughs> the kicker the, the kicker the kicker who's only here because of that contract right there's no way you would keep a guy around who's missed as many short kicks as him if he didn't have that money
0: and, that, and that's the thing when's the last time a, a kicker stayed because his cap hit would have been too much he's eight million dollars on the cap if you release him
2: never heard of that before you're right it's the first time like, how, how do you even put yourself in a position like that with kickers who are a dime a dozen <sighs> Rob, Rob, when when Howie and
1: Duh, or and Jeff sit down to discuss whatever they're going to discuss, do you think Jeff ever brings that part of it up to him? Like, Howie, let's forget about the draft for a minute. Whatever, if we may, whatever. You signed all these guys to all these contracts, and now we're in a crapper, kind of. Even if, you know, God forbid – you know, or some of our guys play out. I mean, does that do you think that ever comes up into the conversation, like when, yeah. when he's trying to judge him? Yeah. Yes, it has to, right?
2: That's got to be to. front and center. And, 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 and to which Howie also come up with, you know, I fail on the draft, but then I find guys like Boston Scott and unrestricted free agents or guys coming off the waiver wire. You know, he'll try and balance it out like that. They thought they had a fine in Travis Fulgham, right? Remember that? Travis Fulgham for yeah. five weeks looked like a number Whoa. one wide receiver. And out the last five weeks – he looks like a guy who was a six-round pick cut three times. When How, how does that – wait a minute, Kevin. How no. does that happen, Rob? Like how does a guy – and I know
1: he's not Jerry Rice. I yeah. get that. But for five weeks he led the NFL in production at his position or was among – and now is it totally because
2: Alshon's making money and you're paying him and you have to put him out there? He lost snaps and – the other part of it is, which I think is big, is teams got tape on him. They figured out okay. what he does, and Fair they're enough. defending him. A couple weeks ago, Doug Peterson isn't critical of guys publicly, but he kind of said, like, when we kept pushing him on Travis Fulgham, he kind of said, like, he he's got to detail work his details in practice harder okay. and better. Yeah. Fair so I wonder if there's something there because this week he had fewer snaps than uh, didn't he had fewer snaps than Quez Watkins, I believe. Yes,
0: he did. Yeah. Um. Final question on the Eagles, at least from me, and this is on Doug. If Doug is the scapegoat, how long before the Chargers give him a call to work with that crew out there? I mean, you know, as he's a Super Bowl winning coach, he's going to be available. Mm -hmm. And if he's available, he's going, somebody's going to hire him for next year, you would think, right?
2: Houston, LA. Yeah, you would, I would absolutely think that Doug Peterson, Super Bowl champion head coach, 3 years removed would be at the top of every team's list looking for a head coach. Eric Bieniemy would be at the top of that list. Robert Salah would be at the top of that the list. The guy from Buffalo, right? Yeah, and and uh, uh Br- Brady, right? Carolina. Carolina. But yeah, you're going to have to have Peterson right at the top.
0: I mean, list. because like I viewed the Chargers job with Herbert, Eckler, Allen, Williams. I mean, they have a lot of tools for anybody. That's, who, a, better
1: jo- that's a better job. a better job than the
0: Eagles. It's a better job than the Eagles.
1: Right. But if you, you, Rob mentioned the Texans could be open. Right. Obviously, you have to show Watson. But I think
2: I'd rather work with the kid from the Chargers. What do you he- think? Well, De- Deshaun Watson might be able to run a little bit of he can he can run some of that Peterson offense, right? He can do some of those things. Yeah. No, but so could so I think he could he could work with Herbert. They got a nice situation out there. Uh, he's 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 going to be just fine if he scapegoated. Mm-hmm. But right now, the scapegoat's are looking like Carson Wentz. Rob, will anybody if there if you're thinking
1: about hiring him, and I agree with what you're saying, does anybody question? How Carson Wentz has regressed, or you know, or does that kind of get swept under and say, "Well, I've really done well with," you know, I'm just trying to think how other teams will look at those first twelve games this year in
2: judging Doug. It's a good question, and that's where the next three, that's where Doug has incentive to play Jalen Hurts, Mm -hmm. right? Doug's got the incentive to want to see Jalen Hurts play well over the last four games to say, "Well, me." Yeah.
0: yeah, and it prop it props up that record with the backups. He's what, eleven and two at backups since
1: yeah. eleven and three if you count the Cowboys game at yeah. the end of yeah. seventeen. Yep.
0: Yeah. Let me ask you, uh let, let me flip to the Phillies. You were on the conference call with Dave Dombrowski. Um
2: yeah, let me tell you about that real quick. Go ahead. So we're driving home from Florida and uh, <laughs> yeah. it's my day off. We're we're making good time and we had stepped this South Carolina. Now we're on uh, at a Wawa in Virginia. And my wife's like, all right, I'm like, hunt, I'll get the, know, uh, yeah, I'll get a question in and then I'll just listen. I get the second question in and then he's 45 minutes. Like, God bless him, Dave Dombrowski, but he <laughs> wants to not talk. So now we get to the DC area. You know what traffic's like, right? Yeah. It's horrific. It sets us back like three hours. We we're supposed to get home at seven. We got home at 10. the whole time my wife's telling me, see, if you didn't wait in a Wawa parking lot 45 minutes, listen to Dave Dombrowski on your day off. <laughs> Always listen to the wife, guys. That's Always tomorrow. listen
0: to the wife. Remi, Remi, you gotta tell
2: you gotta tell Dave that story the next time you see him. <laughs> I, sh- I should appreciate the long answers, Dave. Next time cut him short.
0: That's almost like the middle of the press conference last year where I asked him one question about whether he was undercutting Clentac and it was 20 minutes later. And I'm like, I don't even remember what I asked. You know, was like he, did
2: you get the potted plant response?
0: Was I that, think I did get the potted plant response. Yeah, yes. So,
2: that, that was your question.
0: That was my I, question. Uh, cool. Where do you think where do you think they're going? I mean, obviously now with the Mets out of the Real Mudo phase, um, or sweepstakes, their their chances of getting him back at a discount, a little bit of a discounted rate, are better, but still not great. Um, they're kind of just still. I mean, he's got a big mess to to work out here, doesn't he?
2: He does, and you know he comes in here with the reputation of being a guy who spends money and goes for the quick fix, and is able to – he he made it clear this isn't a rebuild. That was a question I asked him, rebuild yeah. or retool. And he goes, retool. All right, well, if you're going to retool, you're going to have to add talent and add talent quickly. How much are you strapped financially to be able to do that? I do think their chances of bringing back – this has swung. I was at 95% JT, yes. Then I dropped it like 50%. Then I dropped it like 15%. Now I'm back up over 50 yeah. with JT. So I think there's a more than good chance that they'll bring JT back. Didi Gregorius, I don't see that happening. Uh, that's going to be a cost. You know, that's where they're going to save money. But you need bullpen arms. You need bullpen arms. You need guys who can pitch. Uh, you need depth there. You need back end. You need uh, middle relief. You need everything.
0: Center fielder.
2: That, yeah, they keep touting the top three of the rotation. Nola, Wheeler, and Eflin, right? They keep talking about that. Dabrowski did. The new pitching coach did. Well, you know, Nola and Wheeler did kind of, towards the end in September, did not. they didn't win any of I believe it's the last six starts combined yeah. out of those guys where you needed one win. So I would have thought, personally, I would love a top-of-the-rotation guy and put those guys two, three, four. That ain't happening. That's not happening. Like you said, they need a center fielder. Is Jackie Bradley Jr., a guy that they might want to put out there? I don't know. This team is, is in a very difficult spot, and he could call it a retool, but I'm closer to a rebuild.
0: And, and the other part is they keep touting guys, you know like this year Scott Kingery got to put his big boy pants on, like if because you're gonna if you don't make a move at shortstop you're probably putting Segura back at shortstop, which means Kingery's got to play every day if, at second, and he wasn't close to an everyday player last year, not even in the ballpark of an everyday player.
2: Everybody wanted to run Cesar Hernandez out of town, right? Go Glover, he's, better, he's a better player than Scott Kingery right now. Like, he just flat out is, he has been the last four or five years, <laughs> what he did, what he went to Cleveland and, and accomplished this year. And, you know, Scott Kingry, like you said, it, it's time. you got to live up to what you were brought here to do. Now, do you give him a little bit of a pass, Kev? Because he he had some injuries, he had COVID, shortened season, threw off his timing, his rhythm, all that stuff. Eh, maybe, but, but at
0: some point, when does, when does all that stop?
2: Yeah. Like,
0: I mean, you know, every year it seems – well, he doesn't have a position. Well, you know, they juggle him around in the lineup. Uh, da, da, da. you know, at some point, you are what you are. And we're getting to that point on Scott This
2: Isn't it a make or break a year for him? Like, he's, you know, he wouldn't be called a hot seat. He's not a coach or a GM. But, right. yeah, he's, he's got to make it. He's got to show it this year, that potential.
0: How do you think the right fielder feels right now?
2: Oh, man. You know, it's, it's interesting how Girardi answered that question. Yeah. Yesterday, talking about Bryce Harper and saying, you know, sometimes you just you don't get what you want, right? Uh, if if I'm Bryce Harper, I'm looking at this situation like this. This isn't what I came here for. I was promised better than this. Um, and you know how he feels about J.T. Realmuto. If that doesn't work out, Bryce Harper isn't going to be happy. It doesn't mean he's not going to show up and play and perform every day and, and ball out like he always does. But he can't. He can't be happy. He, yeah. he really can't. And I I wonder. You know, he and his wife, and, and they have a family now, and they've set roots here. But do you, do you at some point go, yeah, you know what, I'll waive that no-trade clause?
0: Yeah, but the problem is what's the market for him at this point?
2: Yeah, it's true. Uh, Mike? Yeah, yeah. You know, so Dabrowski's M.O. is
1: he goes in and trades prospects and gets guys and gets teams to World Series and sometimes wins them. Well, there ain't no prospects to trade. So I'm just wondering, is this kind of a different situation for him and now you're dealing with a you know a COVID where people don't have money. Um, is this a little bit of a different assignment
2: for him, Rob? Yeah, it is, right? Because, like you said, he's he's been a guy who's blown up farm systems and tried to win. Now you're you're not trading Alec Bohm. You're I can't imagine you would trade Spencer Howard or Bryson uh, Sot. Yeah, you're not going to trade Sot. You know what? What are you going to do? To acquire talent, you're going to have to go the free agency route. That's the only way, but you don't want to spend money. Mm-hmm. So this, it's a challenge for him. It's a very difficult challenge. And he made it clear. He came here because the whole thing in Nashville didn't appear like it was going to happen anytime soon. So that's why he decided to move on and and take this offer, which for him was tremendous financially. Um It's challenging for him. It's different for him. I think guys like that, though, who've won certain ways and have won in different places, sometimes embrace that. Like I I don't want to be a a one-trick pony kind of guy. I want. And he's drafted. He's drafted some really
1: good players, right, during his tenures at these various teams. Verlander. The
2: the, uh, remember the Expos like when he had who do you have Grissom
0: Walker, Walker, Alou. Alou, The The outfield
2: was really good.
0: Well, that that was before him there. You're talking the Dawson outfield. That, that was before him. I'm sorry. That was before him. It was the Grissom, the Shields, Walker, uh, Rondell White. Um, yeah. But but I mean the Detroit team. I mean that Detroit group. He had some. He had Scherzer. He had Verlander. He. I mean. He 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 was pretty good at harvesting a lot of yeah. young kids there.
2: Cabrera acquired Cabrera. So yeah. He's he's done well and. How much is he going to be strapped financially, though? He said that it's he's going to have the freedom, the flexibility, but the payroll's not unlimited, and that's going to be a big question.
0: It also depends on, I think, when people get back in the ballpark too. Like if
2: I don't know when that's going to happen, right, Kevin? Because it
0: could be at July. least at least midsummer. I was just going to say midsummer or maybe July. Yeah, but that, no even minutes, though right? Kevin, if they do midsummer, it
1: may only be fifteen thousand people showing up at the ballpark. Well, that which be, is better than none. I, I get all that, but it ain't 38,000.
0: There might be fifteen thousand people and that's what they would have sold even if there was no COVID. Well at this that's point. a fair I point. mean you know I hate saying it that way, but yeah uh, you know, uh, right the the, the the enthusiasm which leads to the question Andy McPhail I would assume he's out the door here before we get the opening day, right?
2: Well he's being paid, right? So he's being paid. It's kinda I think like a Matt Clintak situation. You're getting paid for one more year. We laid off all these people. We're going to get something out of you for the money that we're paying you for one more year. So whether it's uh, working on uh, this special project or something else, yeah, he's not going to be making personal How come money. nobody pays me for one more year?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Can I please ask that question? Gus Malzahn just got fired at Auburn. Is getting $21 million going out the door. Whew. Seriously? I mean, I mean,
0: come on. Here's the thing on McPhail, though. And, and I mean – you're pretty plugged in with that front office or, or just in general with that team.
2: I don't know what Andy's job was. No, I, I know. Nobody did, right, Kev? I mean, that, other than at the end of the year where he sat down and he told us about building lights. and Yeah, <laughs> with, they're, the best, mean, they're the best jobs in the world. I mean,
0: <laughs> best jobs in the world. And, and Andy we would see occasionally in the press box as like a tour guide for people showing the ballpark and that would be it. Right? Oh God! He would walk, it, He would point it, to like Frank at the uh, Frank at the ice cream window and say, so, "Oh, yeah, we have ice cream every day." You know, like that. <laughs> and who hired him? John, the
1: guy with twenty billion dollars or whatever, <laughs> right? Yeah.
2: And he'll, he'll, hey, he'll he'll tell you though. Andy McPhail won two World Series, and so and he's he not
1: wrong. He's not, uh, you know, he's not
0: wrong. Yeah. I'm not going to argue that, but you know, Rob, I got to ask you. Uh, you've covered a ton of Super Bowls. What do you think it's going to be like in Tampa this year?
2: Weird, <laughs> Weird. yeah. <laughs> There's talk of them not,
0: the teams not getting there till Friday or Saturday, uh, like almost like a regular road
2: game? Yeah, it's going to be like the NFC Championship game, right, where Friday uh, they get in, they do their uh, media thing. No media day? It, oh no, my well, they're, God. they're Zoom. They got to do it. It's it's a Zoom world now. So, you know, right. I, I've been – Asking these questions too, because usually I go down there and I do a show on Radio Row all week. And what's that going to look like? Well, I ain't going to be no Radio Row. You're going to, but they want people there. The NFL wants people there. So they will accommodate however you want to set up your broadcast, whatever it is. It's just going to look different. It's going to look weird. I'm still not convinced that they're going to be able to play it on the exact date. They might need one more week. They may need a week 18. They've done everything in their power to get every game in on schedule. But all it takes is one more uh, kind of break breakout somewhere, and they may need that Week 18 and maybe pushed back. But uh, they, they've done an incredible job. It's been, yeah. it's been crazy.
1: Rob, how much does that hurt Tampa as a city? I mean, because I'm sure that they, they knew what kind of money they were going to bring in, and I'm assuming now they're going to bring in a lot less, and there's nothing anybody can do about it. But – that, that's going to be you know that's just the way the world is right
0: well you could get a, you could give them another Super Bowl and I think yeah,
2: there's that's a, true sure that's yeah. I, I think you come back I know it's in LA next year uh, Phoenix yeah. the year
0: after and then there's like a, a gap year because they had to move the one for New Orleans back a year or something
2: they, you might you might take care of Tampa down a road uh, not make them wait as long but yeah it, it's a tremendous financial loss for that for for the entire city
0: it's, you know, it's just, it's been such a strange year. And, and I got to ask you as my, our final question to you, I mean, you, you're pretty much everywhere you, know, you could be at a Sixer game one night, you could be at a Phillies game, another and all that. And what has this been like? I, we ask every reporter who comes in the, the zoom culture, how difficult it's made your job in a lot of ways it's made it easy. I'm sure. Cause you can hop, hop into different cities and get a feel, but, not having that personal contact with players and sources and everything. How difficult has it been this year? And in the big picture, you know, it's not the end of the world, but I mean, it, it makes the job more difficult. Doesn't it?
2: Yeah. Uh, I'll give you my first answer from a purely selfish standpoint, the ability to work out of like, we just came back from Florida. I was there for three weeks. Right. Uh, and spent three and a half months so the ability to do my job and then just fly in for a game and then go back and do the week-to-week stuff on Zoom and do it on the beach has been tremendous (laughs) but you do lose exactly what you said that one-on-one personal contact like I don't have those relationships now with the rookies because I haven't been able to talk to them face-to-face I only see them on Zoom I've had an occasional one-on-one with a couple guys here and there but that's the part that you miss because what you miss is a feel for the locker room what you miss is is how the guys are interacting, how they're talking to each other, what you see. You can go in there, and you know how much time we spend in locker rooms and clubhouses, mm-hmm. but there are things that you see, the visuals, right? Uh, who who are the, the clicks and everything else? You miss that, and, and you miss out on a lot of that stuff. Plus, it, it's it's just seeing guys on a daily basis that's been lost in all this. Do, so I don't know when we're going to get back to that, though. And, I, and, I think and that was going to be
0: my next question. Do we ever get back to that? Do we ever get back to it?
2: The, I think the teams in the leagues have a strong case to make to where, hey, this worked, stay out of our clubhouse, stay out of our locker room, and we'll do everything. I agree. But, but you know, the, the Baseball Writers Association, the Pro Football Writers Association, they're not going to stand for that. So there's going to have to be some compromise.
1: Mike? Yeah, but who wins if there's a – you know, you say there – and I agree with you to a certain degree, but I got a feeling if Roger Goodell or man says, hey – you know what, or the know, whatever, this works pretty good. You know, at least from their side, mm-hmm. you know, this works pretty good. I don't think there's any need to go back to what it was. We may have to find a middle ground somewhere, but I think the, the writers and the media are going to lose out in all this. I really do. Because once you can figure out a way to do it a different way, and it probably works better for the players because they don't have to be around you guys as much mm-hmm. uh, and on and on and on. I, I, I see, I don't think it's going to go back to what it was. No. I, I just don't see that.
2: I agree. I don't think it goes back to that completely. No, there's going to have to be some sort of something in the middle.
0: Rob Motti yeah. from 97.5, the Fanatic, and the Associated Press. Uh, also, his Faith on the Field show. I, don't, I forgot that earlier.
2: Yes, sir. Uh,
0: who, do, who do you have coming on this week?
2: I had Jalen Rieger last week. It uh, was a really insightful interview with the young kid. I didn't realize how into mental health wellness he is. So uh, people could check that out, uh, com wherever you get your – And products.
1: this week you're going to have Jefferson on. <laughs> oh,
2: no, I'm sorry. <laughs>
0: uh, and uh, we should point out Rob's also announcing his Hall of Fame ballot on – Thursday.
2: Thursday night at Center Square Tavern. I want to help out one of my favorite small businesses. Come on out for some good food, good conversation, and I may leave one vote open to where people can try to potentially sway me. Probably won't win, but they can try to. Do you use all
0: 10? Do you normally use all 10?
2: Usually, Yeah. yeah. I'm, this, year, this year there weren't any glaring new names, right. so uh, I, I still see 10. I still see it. You though. still see
0: 10, Okay. Uh, and uh, Rob Rob's thing on Thursday night at the Center Square Tap. Rob, appreciate it, man. Be good. Thank Have a great God. holiday. And uh, we'll talk yeah. to you in the new year. And don't stop in any more Wawas for 45 minutes. <laughs> 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 and, and we'll be back on Morgan the Beat right after this. Our thanks to Rob Mahdi for joining us as we detailed the eagles and the phillies um you know i the the stuff with the eagles mike is fascinating to me because there's so many different layers to this and you know at every turn you realize that somebody's going to go like it's either you would you would think i mean
1: even if we well, look at this way though kevin If you as an organization decide that Jalen's going to be your quarterback going forward, now Mm -hmm. I don't know if they're going to reach that decision. I'm just saying, but if they did reach that decision based on these last four games, well, then why won't you bring everybody back? You know, Doug obviously can work with Jalen because he would have showed that. Howie obviously drafted him. Um, You might see some tweaking, but – I think that's the one scenario where they could bring everybody back. I agree. I don't think if the quarterback is going to be Carson, I don't think the coach can necessarily be Doug. And I'm not saying that's Doug's fault or Carson's fault. No, but – I'm not trying to place blame here. I'm just saying it's this year was kind of obvious. Now, they might have to do it next year because of the contract. You you know, they might have to just – well, I, they might have to bite the bullet next year and, and take a chance on not you because know, we don't think they're gonna be good next year. No. Um, yeah, you know, and the division might not be good again. Who knows? I yeah, you know, I don't know what the world is gonna be like next year, but they may be forced into having Carson here because they can't take a fifty nine million dollar cap hit on a on a hundred and seventy million dollar cap or whatever it's gonna be.
0: And and look, I'm critical of Doug Peterson. I think that they're I, you know, and I thought what we saw on Sunday was their play calling was so radically different and you wonder, well why didn't you try some of this with Wentz?
2: Just well, some. But do,
0: do
1: we know do we know
0: that that wasn't Carson being resistant? Like I don't know that. Well,
1: and if I'm that's that the no, I
0: know. Know. I I I get it. It's just I you know, Carson can't be too resistant to handing the ball off to Miles Sanders. I'm sorry. It
1: just Right. But uh, we've heard enough. You remember Joe Saeliguito's story last I year, and and, and I, I'm I, just I'll be—I'll be honest. Carson could, Carson could be a weird dude. I, I don't know this. I'm I'm not going to say it because I I don't know it. Doug could be a weird dude, but it seems kind of weird that he can be 11 and two with guys coming off the bench who play a little different style. I don't know. Right? I, you know they won the last four games last year with Carson. When they had to, um, and I told you a month ago, they were going to win one of these five games. I didn't know which one they were going to win, but that's the NFL. Yeah. I didn't think they were going to go 0-5 or going to go 0-7 the rest of the year or whatever, but now you have a problem. <laughs> you you do. If they go out and beat the Cardinals, or even if they lose to the Cardinals but but they look better, I mean, obviously, that team looked better Sunday, right?
0: Yeah, they did. My, my, now, so I don't I mean, know. And you hate saying, uh, you know, I hate sounding like I'm Debbie Downer on this. It's Don't to-
1: use that phrase, Debbie Downer. Well. I hate I hate that phrase. No, you can be Debbie Downer. Just don't use the phrase Debbie Downer.
0: Okay. <laughs> did, did the Saints look like they were the Saints in that game?
1: No, but that's the NFL. Kevin, oh, I you get it. Third <laughs> stri- you, you pointed that out last week. You said, you know, that, I mean, you thought the Saints were going to win. And most A lot of people did. You weren't the only person. I mean, I might not have told you the Eagles were going to win the game out. Saints
0: had trouble adjusting the, to Hurts moving outside the pocket. T-
1: Hayson Hill is not a starting starting, even though Drew Brees is 39 years old or 40 years old or whatever. he is. He's a good quarterback, he's a, he's a, but he is And if they had made that fourth and two where they got the strip sack from behind, they might have won the game. Yeah. You know, they would have been in field goal range probably to at least tie it. And we don't know how the Eagles would have reacted if they were down I 21. How about the one
0: kick? How about, the that, side, how about the one-side kick?
1: Yeah, but I but, right, I right that yeah okay. But what I'm saying <laughs> I mean, is they made that fourth and two when they had all the momentum. Yeah, I know. Uh, because the thing I couldn't figure out about that game was there was a point in the third quarter when the Eagles had no secondary left. Yeah, yeah, they had three guys go out, and the Saints capitalized on it, mm-hmm. and then they didn't. And I'm thinking like, wait a minute, then they were throwing you the know little Eagles screen passes.
0: Three,
1: yeah, it, that was just weird to me. But you know what? It's the NFL. Stuff happens every week that you sit there and go, "How'd that happen?" But now you're moving forward. Um, you know, you would think. I mean, I don't know if they can go to Arizona and win Arizona before this week. Had lost four or five. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Arizona will be ready for Jalen A because they've got one game so more, and B because their quarterback it's plays similar. like Jalen.
0: Yeah, he does from the same system. So
1: you would think that the Cardinals would be I just find it hard to believe that a team as good as the Saints. weren't ready for what they got.
0: Well, you I, know, that I do just think that surprises me. I, I do think that there's a natural look ahead when you have the Chiefs sure. on the schedule. It's your third sure. road third straight road game. There was some of those little, you know, hiccups that But there emerged. was a
1: lot of stake for them. Yeah. I mean,
0: they're they're, they're going to the be the 2 seed now. They're going to be the 2 and, and they're that's, not going
1: to as good as the not, one.
0: No, and the two has to play that extra week.
1: So. And if you got to go to Green Bay in late January, you know with that's a with not a forty-one
0: like in the dome with a forty-one year old quarterback,
1: right? And and I mean, look, the Saints have lost in weird ways the last three years in the playoffs, and this might be their this might be Breeze's final. I don't know. I don't know if he's coming back next year or what he what he's going to be like. He's still good. He's just not. He's not the guy he was. Um, But, yeah, that number one seed, man, that, that, to me, this year is even more important, I I think, when you look at it. But, you know, hey, look, it's the NFL.
0: It looks like we're heading towards Kansas City, at least from the – I don't see anybody else in the AFC. I I said that a month. I mean, look, Kansas City hasn't looked good the last month. They really haven't. And they're still the best Uh, team of the bunch.
1: They still win, and the Dolphins are a good team. The Dolphins are not a horrible team, but – they had, I mean, the, the, uh, Mahomes threw three interceptions on yeah. on Sunday. Sunday. And they still won the game. Um, I just think they're going to be a tough beat, but repeating is hard. Not many teams repeat. Kansas City seems like they're set up to kind of do that. We saw the problems they had in the playoffs last year, where they had to come from behind three straight times, mm-hmm. and they did. I just think the Steelers are good, but I don't. You know, the Steelers have kind of hit that wall, but there's enough time to get it back. Um, I don't know what to make of Buffalo. Buffalo looks really good. Um, you know, can Buffalo go to Kansas City and win a game?
0: I, I, well, here's the other question. Can Buffalo get the two seed and maybe get home field over Pittsburgh if it gets to that in the in the divisional rank? See, I think
1: Buffalo could go to Pittsburgh and win. I, I don't think a Buffalo-Pittsburgh matchup, I don't think the home field's going to matter that much. They both play in cold areas of the, of the country, um, there's only going to be fifteen thousand people, or, te- or however right. many people are going to be in the stands? I-, I don't see that as much as having to go to Kansas City.
0: Pittsburgh still has Indy on a short week because right. they play Monday night next week against the Bengals. They have Indy at home, and then they go to Cleveland to wrap up the season. They could right. pr- presumably lose four out of five coming down the stretch.
1: Yeah, they could. I mean, they'll, they'll probably want. They probably won't lose them all, but I mean, I mean, look, there's a lot of good teams in the AFC. Yeah. You know, two of them played last night. That was incredible. Uh, that was an
0: incredible football game.
1: I mean, I almost gained more respect for Cleveland in a loss than I did sometimes when they went. India, nobody talks about Indianapolis because they got a 39-year-old quarterback, and I understand that. They're pretty good.
0: Yeah, they're pretty good.
1: Buffalo's pretty good. Uh, there's a lot of pretty good teams Miami's in the AFC. Decent.
0: Miami's decent. Miami's
1: a good team. I, I think Miami's still a, you know a year away or whatever, but still, they're a good team. Tennessee's not a
0: bad team. I think Tennessee is you know, probably the second best team right now.
1: Yeah, but I'm just saying. I just look at Kansas City, and I, I know nobody repeats. I don't think anybody's repeated since the 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 Patriots in 2004. If if I'm, right. I'm pretty yeah, sure. yeah, that's it. Seattle Seattle should have, and they didn't. Right. Um. But man, it's hard. But um. You know, uh, it's it's the NFC. I think is a little more clear cut. I think. You know, you have Green Bay, New Orleans, and Seattle. Um, and maybe Tampa. Yeah, I, I. You know, maybe Tampa. I don't know. Um, uh, and I, I, am I missing anybody? Did I leave somebody out?
0: No, you pretty much hit it all. I mean, yeah, Arizona could still get in the playoffs. Um, Minnesota, yeah. and Minnesota, and the Bears play this week in what is basically an elimination game.
1: Eh. But uh, none of those teams scare me. I no. mean. But even the really good teams, the Green Bays and the, the Saints, don't scare me as teams that can't. We've seen the Saints losing in the playoffs mm-hmm. in weird ways. Um, you know, maybe, like, Tampa gets high. Who the hell knows? Who yeah, win- maybe Boozerians who- and Brady figure out a way to be on the same page, and I don't know.
0: Who wins the NFC East?
1: Well, I, I think the funny thing is if the Eagles had lost on Sunday – they would have almost been eliminated because they would have been three games back with three to play, and I don't know how the tiebreakers would break. Dallas looked good on Sunday against a bad team. Um, I, I mean, look, I, I just on the theory that they're in first place now, I'd have to go with Washington yeah. because I, I think if Washington wins one more game, uh, I think they would be tough to, because if the Giants won two of their last three, they would tie Washington and they would have the tie tiebreaker, breaker. but I don't know who the Giants play. I don't I, I think the Giants have Dallas.
0: Gi- Giants had Dallas the last game of the year. Uh, and who do they
1: have before that?
0: That's will look that up in a second here. Okay.
1: And who's Washington? I should notice because they put Washington's schedule up on the um the TV the other day. And I but I
0: um Yeah, and Washington Washington's got Seattle this week. They got the Eagles that's a tough the game, final game. week. And I'm trying to remember their their uh they're weak in the between. game
1: before the game yeah. before the
0: Eagles. Yeah, and I'm thinking. Was it the Bengals? No, they played the Bengals because that's the game. Burrow played the hurt. Bengals.
1: Oh, that's right. You're right. Um, But I mean, like, yeah, Seattle. I mean, Washington's playing pretty good. Um, you, you know, and their quarterback's playing pretty good.
0: Get Carolina, um, by the way.
1: Carolina, well, I mean, At they home. should be favored in that game. I don't. Know if that means they're going to win it but they they should be favored to beat carolina and that would get them to seven wins um seven wins should win this division sure. the eagles can't get oh the eagles could get to seven you're right the eagles could get to seven
0: plus but that's the, plus have the tiebreaker yeah. They would have the tiebreaker over Washington. Oh, because if they get the seven wins, they would also have the
1: tie. Oh, you're right. They got the tie. You're right. You're right. I I keep forgetting about that. Giants
0: Giants at Browns, at Ravens, and Cowboys. So that's a tough road for them coming in.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I mean, look, if the Eagles can figure out a way to win this week, which I think is going to be hard, I'm not saying they won't play well. I'm just saying I think winning the game is going to be hard.
0: Right.
1: I could see them winning the last two games. And, you know, I. Division games. I mean, what the hell?
0: And Dallas has the Niners, uh, the Eagles, and the Giants on the road. So
1: I'm going to tell you what's going to be tough for Eagle fans. uh, If they go to Dallas and lose, that's going to be tough because there was so much being said two months ago about, oh, the Cowboys stink, Mm -hmm. and the Eagles are going to win the division because they had like an 80% chance to win the division at the time, and and. Boy, I you know I, I mean I could see him going to Dallas and losing. And, and you know, the, I mean,
0: the the thing is when you look at it, you look at the way the 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 Giants have played up until last week and winning five yeah. in a row. Now you look at Washington's won five in a row, and the Eagles yep. knock off the Saints. And these are not all against bottom feeders. Yeah, you know, the Giants go right. to Seattle and win. Uh, Washington right. goes to Pittsburgh and wins. There's some look. Lo- do I think the NFC stinks? Yes. Yes, but it probably didn't stink as bad
1: as it looked. As we were because the records were so horrible. Yeah, that's why we were saying that. I mean, you know, there was a point where at halfway through the season, where I think they had like six wins combined between them or something. So, I mean, yeah. It, and, and look, the Giants have the the, the Giants in Washingtons had a new coach. So did Dallas, but you know, we thought that Ron Rivera would make a difference. Maybe not as. And then the quarterback came back. You know, he went to a different quarterback, and and Alex Smith is playing well. And then Jones got better, yeah. and the Eagles' quarterback regressed. Yeah. So and the Dallas lost their quarterback, and then lost the backup. So
0: and then went went to a third, that went to a fourth, and yeah. And
1: it, by the way, Mike McCarthy is. It seems like Mike Mike McCarthy's coming back. That was the word out yesterday, which bad. I thought because I didn't think Dallas would want to look stupid by firing him after a year.
0: Just can't admit a mistake, can they? You know, nobody
1: can admit mistakes, Kevin. No, the whole world is filled with people that won't, they make a mistake, they don't want to own it. Well, who wants to own a mistake? You I'm, think Howie wants to own Ortega Whiteside.
0: I'm, I'm really? gonna, I'm gonna own a mistake. My, my, my picks last week were maybe no, the, your
1: college picks were okay.
0: My, my NFL picks may have been the worst ever.
1: Yeah, so what you, you try, look, you try. I, 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 it's funny. I went back, my college picks were okay. Because Chip Kelly bailed me out a little bit, we we mushed Colorado. Yeah, we, we did. We we mushed them. Yeah, we did. And by the way, the Pac-12 decides to take USC or takes takes Washington Oregon. out of
0: the title game and puts Oregon in. I, whatever. And Oregon can win the. It's not even like okay, USC, you play Oregon, but you're going to be the champion because you won the one division. Yeah. No, this Oregon gets so, to. It's yeah. ridiculous. We'll but get a in. lot of the numbers
1: I threw out last week from Vegas, Vic. It's funny. I went back and looked at him because I liked Dallas and I liked Chicago. Mm-hmm. Why, I don't know. But but he had numbers. Not all of them were right. But some of them were uncannily right. You know, like this team's only co- – like Carolina hadn't covered as a favorite all year. Well, they didn't cover. Right. Um, and there was a few others. Some didn't didn't work. I think maybe the Jags didn't work and there was another one. But, you know, not all of them were going to work. I mean, but it's, it's sometimes the numbers – and you don't think about the numbers because I'm not a gambling guy, so I don't sit there and go over these numbers all the time. But the Texans, yeah, Tex- yeah te- like the Texans were like, you know, two and six or something against whatever, and they went to Chicago and got beat up really bad, right? You know, by a Bears team that's not great. It, it's that. That's why anybody that, that gambles now. Last night, the safety at the end of the game didn't fact. Yes, it the spread, did. did
0: it? Yes, it did.
1: Are you telling me that the Ravens became a three and a half point favorite? Yes, they did. Wow. See, I, I, okay. See, I didn't realize that until afterwards when I heard somebody talking about it. Um,
0: on like wow. some places it was three, some places it was three and a half. Wow. In fact, there was a there was a story that moved that somebody on DraftKings bet forty thousand dollars on an alternate line that had the Ravens getting four and a half, and lost on the safety. No, you mean the Browns getting four and a half, or the Browns getting four and a half? Excuse me, right. lost okay, on the okay. safety. Yeah, because
1: like I said, and and that safety must have involved twenty-two laterals. I mean, the play was done, yeah, basically, and then they just decided to throw it in the end zone. Um, yeah, yeah, that's see, that to me is why you can't bet. No, I mean, I mean, whatever. Because when I saw the line early in the week, it was only like Ravens one or two.
0: Well, uh, my my one buddy said chastise me rightly so for picking Cowboys and, and Bengals and what we used to joke about and, and I understand it's not a, a subject you always joke about is the Gamblers Anonymous game of the week that if you gamble on this game you should seek immediate help
1: oh there's many of those games Oh yeah, trust me that's why I said to you like earlier this year I think the NFC East I said anybody that bets an NFC East game is, is like that's I would have played I think I would have taken Cleveland last night if that line had gone up to three and a half I think I would have taken yeah. Cleveland
0: that would, oh.
1: <laughs> you know. Way well, look, that, that, like I said, that's why. Yeah. You know, Actually, we always look, we out,
0: always look at the negative side. Think of the positive side on that. Imagine if absolutely. you have Baltimore and you were giving three and a half. Well, look at the Eagles against Seattle. You know, on that on that game where they scored with twenty
1: seconds left on a hail mary, and covered, and Doug went for two. Merry. And they got it and covered. Merry but Christmas. Andy Barker which had two in his observations in the in the Daily News on 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 Sunday. There was two bad beats. Um, the two teams kicked late field goals. The Dolphins kicked a late field goal, and I think the
0: Jags. Yeah, Jags, and, and they both covered. But well, the Jags went over on uh, on the over.
1: Oh, the over, okay. But but I know it was like late, Something happened late that, that caused somebody to win and somebody to lose. And yeah. and I don't mind if I lose a game on a late touchdown mm-hmm. that decides the game. Like it, like if you know you know if Mayfield takes his team down the field, scores a touchdown with 10 seconds to go and that beats me. Okay, that's bad. But at least it was a normal football play. Yeah. Not that last Not night. That last
0: night. No. I mean, Jesus god. The, the like, Eagles in 17, the Eagles played the Raiders on Christmas night. And they Yeah, that bad game. The it bad was a really bad game. And they were only up 3 and the Raiders on the final play did that whole and I want to say the Eagles line was like eight. And oh they, right, they scored a touchdown. And they scored a touchdown after like it right. got thrown backwards into the end zone and like somebody Kevin, that happens. I'll bet you seventy, like sixty five times a year. Year, yeah. Uh,
1: where that, where the team? Because that's become the play now. You know, we're going to ladder what thirty-five times because that's and, and well, somebody sits there and thinks that's the best chance we got. I don't know.
0: I, I would just drop Mayfield f- back and tell him to throw it eighty yards downfield. And what game did it work last week in college? There was a. There was, uh, there, it was one of the maxion games. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Ball, um, Ball State and somebody. It worked, and then they yeah. just, then they said that the one pass was like a hair forward.
1: There's always a there's always a pass and errant to If you go back to the Cal game, the Cal Stanford oh, the,
0: game, the, the kid's knee was uh, down.
1: Started all this stuff.
0: The kid's knee was, was down. The guy's
1: knee was down, and they didn't call him down. And then there was that Miami Duke game a few years ago where. They, they did the whole thing, and then they showed you the replay, and the guy should have been called down no. or was a forward lateral or something. But they never get called because, and to me, like, if that play happens, like, on the last play of the game, that should be reviewed. Yeah. Because And in the NFL, maybe it is because it's a scoring play. Yeah. Maybe it is, but I don't think in college that's the rule. I'm no. not sure. But, yeah, to me, hey, look. And, and the other thing is the team knows what's going on. You're the defensive team. You know what's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, how can you let it happen? Just
0: just line up at the 20 and the 10. Let them go, like, you know, hyperventilate themselves up until that point. But then you have, like, all 11 guys back at the 20 and yeah, the 10. Yeah,
1: exactly. I mean, don't try to tackle the guy at the yeah. 30. Tackle him at midfield. Yeah. Mean, all right. Whatever. Um,
0: as we talked about last week. By the way, I should give some programming notes. Ricky Ricardo will join us on Friday. Uh, Ricky Ricky will talk baseball and a little um eagle uh before we get into this week's game against Arizona. Um next week I'm hoping Mark Zumoff may join us the one day. There you go. We're only one day next week actually, I should point out. Uh because that, because, because of Christmas because of Christmas. That's fine. Uh I think we're going to I think we're going to do Wednesday. Uh, Mark Zumoff has agreed to come on. It's just a matter of trying to design it and um so and uh, we're reaching out we have another special guest who is scheduled to come in um in the next couple weeks all right i announced my hall of fame ballot yesterday um it's become an annual ritual one of the reasons i make it public and i you know mike and i always argue about the hall of fame and whether writers should decide on that and that's above my pay grade to be honest um i believe in transparency and i believe that if you do something like this, you should be transparent on why you did it, why you voted the way you did. And so, I'm gonna, uh, you know, I'm gonna read off my bout, and I want Mr. Kern to kind of throw back any questions he may Before have. Before you
1: do this, yes. that's why when I used to vote all those years in the AP poll for football,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then when it became the BCS poll, they got me into that, and and, and I used to feel guilty the same way, even though I thought. I was one of the people that maybe should be helping to decide that and I took it seriously, but there were times when I'd sit there and and, and I'd put you know Clemson three let's say I don't know whatever and then you'd get emails from people mm-hmm. you know uh how can you be and, and I just thought really like this is is it really worth my effort but I understand why you do it and I don't have and i I, I applaud the fact that you're transparent about it
0: but- um. So, yeah, I, I just believe that, you know, look, these guys have a right to have an opinion on whatever answer, you know, I come up with. Uh, now, I should remind you of the rules uh, that we're allowed to have 10 people vote it per ballot. Um, it's a, a mixture of thumbs up or thumbs down you know, in a sense of, you know, you can have as many people as you want up to 10 and you can revote on people year after year okay so uh let me get it out of the way the drama bonds and clemens i've voted for them the last four years i keep voting on it uh to me the explanation i give is this uh both were hall of famers before their steroid use in 1998 um uh, you know both had kind of proven that they you know both had multiple one had mvps other at MVP and the Saiyans, uh, multiples on both. Um, so they're that. And do I discount what they did? No, but I also believe that their accomplishments stood out above everybody else. Um, do you have any thoughts on that, Mr. Mister Kern?
1: No. I, you know, look, the whole steroid thing is confusing. Um, you know, did they violate rules? I, I, I guess. Although Bonds technically was never... Tested. Uh, neither the, test neither it, one right? of these okay. guys
0: are tested. And that leads me to the next chapter with some of these guys. Uh, and with Clemens, it was
1: the accusation from um, well, and both Pettit. Of them, well, it was Pettit, Pettit and his, and and his, and his the guy who said he injected him, right? Yeah, um, the guy
0: from Toronto. Uh, and and it is kind Ranger of funny,
1: cop. though. I will say this. Without making... Bond's head grew like five sizes. Mm-hmm. Okay, we all saw how his body, whatever. It's kind of like when we saw Lenny Dykstra. We saw, yeah. Um, and then with, in Clemens case, when he got older in his career, when his career looked like it was, then he got rejuvenated somehow, some way that, so, you know, you can say it was just coincidence or whatever. Um, I'm okay either way with those guys. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's like what I think with Pete Rose and I think there should be something in the hall of fame for Pete Rose It's saying he was the hits leader, this, that, the other. And that, you know, there, the, there was the, he was kicked out of baseball because of, you know, this. I think that should be now should, so I don't necessarily think Pete should be enshrined but I think his accomplishments should be noted there mm-hmm. with the with the caveat that this also happened after uh, he was done playing but after he was done playing by the way right um you know and maybe they should do something like that with Bonds and Clemens and say hey B- Barry Bonds is the all-time home run hit leader um but there have been you know allegations whatever however you want to phrase it I don't know because then why isn't Mark McGuire in then? I don't know. I don't well, know. And,
0: and that leads to the uh, some of the other guys who I did not vote for. I did not vote Go for. Ahead. I did not vote for Manny Ramirez. I did not vote for Gary Sheffield. I did not vote for Sammy Sosa. Manny Ramirez failed three tests. After everybody saw what the sport was dragged through, with the hearings and the McGuire Sosa uh, testimony and Palmero and all that, and the sport had agreed to a CBA that included testing that included 50 and 100 and 150 game suspensions. And Manny Ramirez still did it. I am sorry like some people think that's hypocritical for me to to view this. I just don't think those guys belong in at that point.
1: You I'm knew, fine with that. You knew the I, rules
0: I, I, and you still violated it. Well, I'm fine. Uh, Gary Sheffield uh, Gary Sheffield admitted his use of the uh, uh, of the Cream and the clear, uh, which is the same thing that Bonds has been accused of using, like the the oils and the lotions mm-hmm. that became Star um, Star Wars. He has over five hundred home runs. His defensive numbers are awful. Like
1: I don't care about his defensive
0: numbers. But, but I don't care.
1: It, People so- don't vote for Gary Sheffield's, but for their defensive numbers, they're not voting for Mark McGuire. But, or anybody of that ilk. I'm just saying, no, Kevin, I, I
0: you, Mike, I understand. But my point is, I don't know where to draw the line on Gary Sheffield. I really don't. That's
1: fine. But don't tell me it's about defense. You know, Anybody that plays first base in the major leagues plays first base for mostly a reason. They can't play any other position. They put him at first base, the guy hits 500 home runs, and then we say he's a great player. So that's all I'm saying. See, don't throw Gary Sheffields. If you don't want to vote for Gary Sheffield
0: no, for other reasons, I'm good. But I just don't. I don't have that knowledge. Like, I don't know where to draw the line on him. That's all. That's fine. And and I'll readily admit that. And I'll kick the can down the curb a little bit longer. And uh, could I uh, revise my opinion on him? Absolutely. I could. But I just right now, I'm not. Sammy Sosa, I'm a no because I think I know enough about what Sammy Sosa's career was before steroids to think that the steroids made him a Hall of Fame caliber player. And see, the thing I have...
1: uh, the guy, getting back to the Gary Sheffield for a second,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I don't care one way or the other. My whole take is, though, if I didn't like Gary Sheffield in 2017, why should I like him in 2022? See, that's, that's my problem with when you guys are doing this. And I'm not saying it doesn't extend to NFL voting or NBA voting or whatever voting. But to me, you should either be a Hall of Famer or you're not. You know, Dick Allen well, should have been a Hall of Famer or not. And I understand there was there was issues. But, but to me, when you look at guys, why should five years of me looking at Jim Cott's numbers change my opinion of Burt And I'll give
0: or, you... An, and or, I was in your camp until I got the vote. I, yeah. I personally believe that some of it is made up by the 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 way that the Hall is made up. Who else goes in? You know, we, we, we laugh about the Veterans Committee stuff. But that does matter in a sense of... Well, this guy matches up with this guy. Should this guy be in?
1: I, I yeah, but that's, yeah I, I hear you, but I think that's the problem with the Hall of Fame. Like, like for instance, Don Sutton's another example. I'm not saying whether Don Sutton should be in or not, but once like a lot of guys will say, "Well, the guy got in on his eleventh try," and I'm like, "Okay, well, what happened? Oh, you get the first ten years 10? now. Like, you get not you enough get, people
0: thought of him, the, but you, now they do. But you yeah, do, you know. do get ten years." And also, yeah, with I, more analytics coming out, it's easier to, to kind I of know. develop a story. That's why. Okay, I, who else? Right, who well, else did you vote for? All right. Well, no, uh, I'll give you three other guys I didn't vote for Todd Helden, Uh I just don't know how to factor the Coors field factor in uh, a little bit. Tori Hunter, a good outfielder. I'm not sure he was a Hall of Famer. Andrew Jones is the toughest one on that group. Um, Andrew Jones had a lot of home runs, especially early in his career. Um, great defensive player 10 gold gloves, uh, but he also had a 253 batting average. Mm-hmm. So it's like okay, you know, see so here's
1: another thing I don't understand about baseball.'m I'm, I'm, I'm just being serious. Why doesn't 10 gold gloves count like 10 batting titles? Like we'll you just said well, you only hit 253. Well, what if he hit 303 but had no gold gloves? you'd vote for him. I see this is where I, I lose baseball. And then with the other guy, you just said, well, Sheffield's defense wasn't good. Here's a guy who obviously is one of the best defensive players at his position, which is a tough position in baseball, hit a lot of home runs, yet he batted 253. So I'm not going to vote for him. See, I don't get that. I, I don't get, like, why does in one argument the defense matters and in another argument 10 gold gloves doesn't matter enough. That's what baseball I, no, and, me.
0: and I I I I understand. Um I but
1: think But there's no explanation. Well defense, no. defense only matters when we want it to matter. But well, it's as much a part of the game. Ozzie Smith did get in basically
0: on defense.
1: Ozzie Smith got in because he did backflips going out, and he was and, and that's why Ozzie Smith got in. He was a great shortstop. He couldn't hit a lick. Okay? Shortstops aren't supposed to hit a lick. That's what we always say about shortstops. It's not a hitting position, so to speak. I'm just saying, Kevin, I get very confused by guys who hit a lot. We dismiss their defense. We don't care. But then when a guy like he's on the border, kind of, and then all of a sudden, well, I mean, I'm not saying Andrew Jones should be in or not. I'm just saying, doesn't ten gold gloves count for something? I don't know. Maybe I'm missing well,
0: the point. I think it does count for something. I just I don't but know. not enough to override the two fifty-three batting average. It's a See, the way I view it is when you have my vote, you have it for life. I'm not going to pull votes back. So, it's like I better feel extremely comfortable.
1: I'm not arguing with your vote. No. What I'm just saying is, like, if if Mike Schmidt hits 500 home runs. Which he did. But, now, he's a bad example because he was a great fielder. But if somebody hits 520 home runs and isn't a great fielder, whatever, and hits 250, Well,
0: Mike, we'll say, well, he's in. Mike, and, and you'll relate to this better, than I, I will because I wasn't really alive when this guy played, but Brooks Robinson. Brooks Robinson was right. about a 260 hitter. Right. Brooks Robinson, though, got in because of his defense. Right, but
1: those guys are very, very few and far between. And he played 21 between. years. Right, but they're very few. And, but all I'm saying is, to me, if Andrew Jones hits 250, so the one knocking against him is his batting average. He hit a lot of home runs. He played on some good teams and he won. He didn't win three gold gloves. He won 10.
0: 10 out of a 14 year career or I, 15 year career or however many. No, years and, and you're right. And, and I will say, I don't want to say this is a defense. It's not. But I think mm-hmm. people, the modern gold glove voting became a reputation thing. Now, I'm not saying that on Jones, but I'm just saying I that don't. became. I mean, you know, I, I there's a lot of questions about gold gloves over the years. Bobby, That's fine. Bobby I'll, I'll still
1: go back to my argument that using what we're using, Larry Boas should at least yeah. be considered for the Hall of Fame by the and I don't ever hear his name come up. No. And I said when he when he left the game he had two thousand hits. He played for five division champions and a World Series champion. He held all the shortstop records, if I if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. His only problem was, at that point, uh, the guy from the Cardinals had come was now, was now playing, and was doing acrobats out out on the field. Why, why, Smith. Why, like, and Dave Concepcion was was pretty much the same kind of guy. Bo was maybe not quite as good. Well, I'll
0: give I'll better. give you a guy who I voted for who's exactly that way, and that's Omar Vizquel.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I just like I said. That's why the Hall of Fame is so confusing because there's a lot of those guys kind of in the middle that you can make a case for. And I feel like I think Dick Allen was one of those guys, to be honest with you. Until somebody told me he was second to Hank Aaron in his OPS or whatever. Viscell
0: fits into the the Ozzy Smith mold. I mean, he does. Um, All right, Jeff Kent. I voted for second base or second among second basemen. I think he had the most home runs. Yeah. um, yeah. Great power here. Scott Rowland I voted for. And it's a combination okay. of power and defense. Um, Rowland averaged 25 homers and about 100 RBIs a year and won eight gold gloves. So Okay, okay. Billy Wagner I voted for. Billy Wagner has the lowest DRA of any reliever with over 700 innings pitched. He has the lowest uh, walks-hits-to-innings-pitch ratio of any reliever over 500 innings pitched. I okay. Mean, uh, and six all-time on the save list. And then finally, Kurt Schilling. And Schilling's the one who may get in out of this group. Um, And, and I get where people come from on Schilling. He's a jerk. He's obnoxious. That shouldn't Sch-
1: have anything to do with it.
0: No, but I mean, there are people who are like publicizing right, right. their votes that they're not voting for Kurt Schilling because of what he says on Twitter, his politics right. and all that. And I get I don't agree with Kurt Schilling's politics. I don't agree with the way Kurt Schilling hey, does.
1: I'd vote for Donald Trump if Donald Trump had the numbers that deserve to get in there. Right. I, I, will, I mean, so if Kurt Schilling is is not your cup of tea, I get it. You're allowed. He's allowed not to be your and, and, cup of tea. But if if you think he should be in, then you should vote for him.
0: And, and my my thought is that sometimes when we decide to make these moral stances on this type of stuff and we public and we beat our chest and we publicize ourselves as look at us So you know, yes, he's a hall of famer on the p- field, but you know, he's a bad guy and I refuse to vote for him because he said he'd go Lynch journalist and all that. You know what you do? You end up making Kurt Schilling a martyr. Yeah. Here, here's what I want to ask you. What are his numbers? Just tell me his numbers.
1: And then I still think he's borderline. If you take the politics, yeah, I, I don't care about people. What are what are his numbers? What's current? Uh, I'm looking.
0: I'm looking that up. So give me yeah. a second.
1: Because I think they're they they're. You could make a case for in, and you could make a case for not in. I think he's one of those guys. He's one of those, and everybody. I think what got him in is Was the World Series in two thousand one, and the blood on his sock in two thousand four.
0: All right two two hundred and sixteen wins.
1: That's not bad. Two sixteen
0: and one forty six. Okay. That's
1: not bad. That's 3, not bad.
0: Three four six ERA. Yeah,
1: because a lot of those years you pitched for the Phillies.
0: Yeah. Thirty one hundred strikeouts. Uh, that's that's not bad. Seven hundred and eleven walks. Okay. And I'm actually going to go to his Hall of Fame. The Hall of Fame. I, the one thing I'll give the Hall of Fame. The Hall of Fame gives us a bio pack uh, Right. On every player, and I want to re. Mm-hmm. There was a couple stats on him that I, I found fascinating um and if you just give me one second here um excuse me no that's okay um no, I burp. sorry that's that's fine um andrew jones da, 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 manny ramirez kurt shelley ninth year on the ballot twenty-win seasons okay three seasons with at least 300 strikeouts only two pitchers have recorded more seasons with more than three hundred strikeouts in Shelly and that was Randy Johnson and Nolan Ryan. Uh six all star games. Led his league in strikeout the walk ratio five times. Completed game complete games four times. Game started three times. Victories twice, strikeouts twice, and he's pitched twice, winning percentage once. Ranked fifteenth all the time on the league in strikeouts. Only pitcher with three thousand strikeouts and fewer than a thousand walks in baseball okay. history. Did he ever Win a Cy Young, Kevin? Never won a Cy Young.
1: Right? Did he ever finish high in the voting?
0: Uh, second in the balloting three times.
1: Okay. Well, no, I, one, oh, two, oh, four, and ninety-seven. You've convinced me. You've convinced me. I, I'll put Kurt in. I'll, I'll you know, I'm I'll, I'll, his number from everything you just said to me. He, you know, when you throw in the bloody sock and and the two thousand one with the Diamondbacks, yeah, I'm,
0: I'm, I'll, I'm in. I mean, especially when you compare some of the people who. Like uh, the the comparison on numbers is a little bit Roy Halladay, yeah. uh, um, you know. If you want to, let go, me ask
1: you a question: Does he go in as a Philly?
0: No, he would go in as a Red Sox.
1: He only pitched for them for two years.
0: Well, he pitched five.
1: Five was that long? Okay, I'm sorry.
0: Plus, he had one at the okay. beginning of his career. I think he was a Red Sox before okay, he went to the. Okay,
1: No, I put him in. I'm, I got no problem. Um, but uh, but I mean, the, if somebody uh, doesn't vote for him because they don't like his politics, and that's wrong. If you don't vote for him because you don't think he should be in, I'm okay with that. That, That's, you know, and that's the problem is because the numbers in baseball have changed so much over the past 30 or 40 years. You know, we don't have 20 game winners anymore. Right. You know, before we used to measure guys by 30 wins, you know, or 25 wins or no, nobody nobody gets 25 starts anymore. So people have to roll with the times. The numbers have changed. You know, it's like in football now. You know, guys – Wide receivers catch 130 passes a year. Well, they didn't catch 130 passes 40 years ago. Paul Warfield, you know, was a great wide receiver. His numbers are dwarfed by what these guys are doing now and and think everything has to be taken into context. But it seems from what you just told me about
0: Schilling, he should be in. And you're right. And that's where the numbers... And it's not just steroids. It's it's the way games are managed, the way games are used. The, it's small- the
1: numbers are just different. They're yeah, just, the sm- it's just different smaller numbers. And, and, Guys nowadays are either hitting home runs or striking out.
0: Smaller ballparks. That's the way
1: the game play yeah. is played.
0: Smaller ballparks. Even in the era yeah. when, when you know we're talking about Sheffield. Sheffield has over 500 home runs. Okay, how much of that was a product of you know, potential PED use and, and how much of that is smaller ballparks, which are not in his Well, control. You,
1: you can make the argument that back in the day, the guys that played in Yankee Stadium might have been helped by the short right field. Sure. Or the guys in Fenway might have been, you know, they, they, the, they, they, there was the, the rumor trade, they were going to, they, the owners Williams, of the Red Sox and the Yankees at one point Williams talked about
0: and, Williams and DiMaggio. a DiMaggio
1: for Williams trade because they said if DiMaggio played in Fenway, he did 50 home runs. And if Williams played in Yankee Stadium, he did 60 home runs. But, you know, that's just part of, you know, where you play. It's like guys are playing Colorado, you know I mean? That's just, you know, your your numbers are going to be a little bit different. It's just the way it is.
0: So, that's the Hall of Fame vote. Um, yeah. th- there were there was nobody first time who got a new vote from me. Um, so,
1: Kurt only has two more years this year and next year?
0: Yeah, so does Bonds and Clemens.
1: And where were they last year? Where where were they? How close Schilling, were they to get in?
0: Shilling. Um, what do you need? Seventy five percent. You need seventy five percent. Shilling last year. I'm on his baseball reference page. I can just easily. He was in the 60s. I thought. I think he was 70. In fact, he was dead on at 70. 70. Oh, he so no, he
1: was that close. Okay. Yeah. He,
0: his his. Ballot. did
1: anybody come on the ballot this year that would have hurt him? Like, did any or any newcomer well, guys that that are hurting people? Well.
0: This year you're not gonna have a lot of people voting for ten. Um Okay. And, 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 but who are
1: the newcomers this year? Who were the first well, year eligible um, guys? I'm
0: actually let me uh, cue that up here. If uh, baseball hall of fame. I, I have I, I have are list. there any
1: no are there any no-brainers on the first time
0: guys? No. In fact, I didn't vote for any first time guys.
1: Okay. Let me ask you a question then. Next year when A-Rod becomes a is A-Rod a no-brain guy or does he factory I mean he tested positive for he's steroids back, he, and lied about he's it. He's
0: on the steroid issue as well. Uh, I I think So does you know.
1: does A-Rod not did not get your vote?
0: Probably not cuz he was suspended. Okay,
1: but, but then he should never get your vote. Yeah. Okay, that that's fine. Okay. I'm, I'm uh Cuz he's obviously a Hall of Famer. I mean, y- you know, there's no doubt that A-Rod's a Hall of Fame guy if it's not for the steroids.
0: All right, so Schilling last year was 70%. Uh, Larry Walker got in at 304 in votes. Schilling had 278, so um, roughly he has to make up like 15, 20 votes. Roger Clemens, uh, Barry Bonds. uh, Clemens was 61.0. Bonds was 60.7. So... Right. they they got some work to do in these last two now, years. Do you
1: do you think if I'm going to assume that showing's going to get in this year or next year? I could be wrong. Clemens and Bonds, I'm not sure of. Do you think if they don't get in that the Veterans Committee in five years would put them in, or do you think no. they would just say no? Nope. No, steroid guys.
0: I have had ha- I have had multiple Hall of Fame, uh, multiple Hall of Fame members. Okay. I'm not going to drop their names, but you run into them. Tell
1: you no way. Tell you no way.
0: Tell me to let them handle it. And what I mean by that is don't vote for them. And then those guys will make sure that they never get in. Whatever that means, that they don't want them in. See, I don't like that either. See, I just think that's, I don't like that. I don't like that people would tell you. Oh, it's petty. It's awful.
1: Yeah. And this is why I I just wish the writers. Would say, you know what? We, we don't want to be part of this anymore. All right. You guys handle it any way you want to handle it. Um, y- you know, going forward, we don't want to be part of this anymore because it's, there's too much politics. There's yeah. too much. And, and it just, it, and it smacks of phoniness at oh, some does. point. And then I think it takes away from the guys who do get in, uh, you know, I know some of them, not all yeah. of them, but you know it's it's just some.
0: Um, I'll give you a name, and you can tell me yay, nay, or whatever. Ready?
1: But remember, I'm not looking at numbers now, so I'll okay. give
0: I'll give you some numbers, okay?
1: No, but I don't. Yeah, just give me the name, and I'll tell you yay or nay.
0: Bobby Abreu. I would say no. Okay, two ninety one average, eight seventy uh, OPS. So.
1: Adjust. I know. I know, I'm, I'm, and I don't even know what OPS means, but on bases, I mean, I do, but on I, I do, but I don't. Yeah, I, I get it.
0: Mark Burley, who's a first timer.
1: I'd probably say no.
0: He does have the perfect game, and the I,
1: I don't had, care about the perfect. Game, yeah, two hundred. You're right.
0: He had two hundred fourteen wins.
1: Okay, see, that's more than I thought. See, I that, this is why you right. can't ask me like just off the top of my head because. Right. I didn't know he had two hundred and fourteen right. wins.
0: Some of them some of them you're gonna say no right away. AJ Burnett.
1: See again, I don't know enough about him. I know that he had the World Series in two thousand three. Mm-hmm. And didn't he have another World Series where he was decent?
0: Oh, oh nine. Later Gets in his Phillies. career, right,
1: right, against the Phillies. Right, right. One
0: hundred sixty four and one fifty seven career.
1: That that's not getting you in.
0: No. No, Michael. Sorry. K- Michael Kedire, Dan Harris. I don't
1: know I don't know enough about Michael Kadire right. to be honest with
0: you. Um Uh, Andy Pettit. See, Andy
1: Pettit had like
0: 240 wins, didn't he? Andy Pettit had 256. See, to me,
1: and I'm not one of these guys that says like automatic, but in this era of baseball, it used to be if you got the 300 wins or close to 300, you got in, right? I mean, that was, Mm -hmm. you know, guys got to 280 or whatever. It was like, how can we leave you out? Well, in the era that Andy pitched in, how many pitchers had more wins than him?
0: Yeah, but I'll give you the numbers I think that hurt him. ERA is 385. Okay. And his whip is 1351. Now, compare that to Schilling. It's 1137. And yeah, Clemens, okay. 1173. Well,
1: that doesn't mean that doesn't mean maybe both of them shouldn't be in. Yeah. 256 wins, a lot of wins. Oh, it and is. And I know he played for some good teams. And the thing I'll tell you about Andy Pettis is I used to listen to a lot of New York radio mm-hmm. back in the day. And well, one thing I'll say about Andy Pettit is, during his career, whenever the Yankees needed a big postseason win, it they, they lose game one of a series, whatever, it always seemed like Andy Pettit was the guy out there in game two and yep. he'd win the game. Yeah, And that happened an awful lot. And maybe that's a New York thing. Yeah. But it just seemed to me like he was like their most clutch guy when it came to stuff like that. Well, he that. was a
0: core four guy, too. He was a guy who... They love because he was homegrown and... Right. And, and I don't
1: think those other guys are Hall of Famers. I don't think Jorge Posada is. Uh, I don't think Bernie Paul, Paul Williams G- is. Cheater and who was the
0: fourth guy? Cheater. Cheater is. Who? Cheater.
1: G- oh, well, Cheater's in. I mean, I, I mean, he's... Christ, he's unanimous. Um, That's just my opinion. Um... I know they retired all – you know, I just think Andy Pettit – 256 is a lot of wins, man. I mean, that's 50 more yeah. than Schilling. That's a lot. That's a, yeah, that makes up for that difference in the yeah. ERA.
0: Let's also be you honest. He pitched with better teams that gave him more run support than Schilling.
1: No, I'm not that, – that's fine. But everybody plays for who they played for. I yeah. mean, you know, uh, you can't judge everybody in a vacuum of saying, you know, you pitch for the White Sox, you pitch for the Yankees, you pitch for the Phillies. I mean – You know, there's a lot of that going around.
0: Um, Let's wrap up here uh, before we, again, remind you we're back on Friday. Um, You know, college football, we talked about, has hit championship weekend. Um, Obviously, the big game is Notre Dame and Clemson. Um,
1: Only if Notre Dame loses by a bunch or if Notre Dame wins.
0: Yeah. Yeah. if Clemson wins
1: by ten points, you know, it it probably doesn't have any impact at all.
0: That's gonna be my question. I mean, we'll have the we'll have the things revealed tonight, but does anything change no matter what? There's happens? only
1: six teams to me that can get in the playoffs. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm discounting the pac twelve. Uh, yeah, I, I I don't I don't I not think so. I, I'm after not that to chaos. This USC, week. But I'm saying so you have at Bama by Florida losing. Mm-hmm. What well, Florida took off the table was Florida's change. And by the way, Dan Mullen says a lot of dumb shit. Okay, I know he, he's had a really weird year.
0: Yeah, yes. has.
1: There, there's like he, he's put his foot in his mouth like four times, and his latest one basically was he's taking a shot at the ACC or something or or or. Well, he's or, taking a
0: shot at the Big Ten. He's taking a shot yeah, at the Big he's Ten. He's Trying for- to
1: say that if he if he beats Bama this week, he should get in. No, he had two losses, dude. The only two lost team that ever got in was LSU in the BCS era, when they, they, there was all two lost teams. Like, right. everybody had two losses, and they were the best one. Okay, no. If, if Bama loses this week, they're going to get in. They might be the fourth seed instead of the first seed or whatever. So, but whatever. You know, you lose at home to LSU as a 24-point favorite. Don't – and when your guy throws a shoe or whatever – I don't want to hear that crap. Dan Mullen, I think, is going on loony pills a little bit. A lot of people have. Dabo's going on loony pills sometimes. It's, it's such a strange year. So now everybody's going to beat up on Ohio State if they if they beat Northwestern this week. It's just let's, folks, let folks let's take a step back and say there's a coronavirus going on here. Um, Northwestern could screw a lot of things up if they win. I don't think they're going to win, but if they did, it could screw things up. Um, you know, maybe Florida does get in. If Northwestern beats Ohio State and Bama loses to Florida.
0: A&M would get Um, in before them.
1: Well, I'm just saying, if Northwestern beats Ohio State.
0: Yeah, but but what I'm saying is A&M should get in ahead of Florida. A&M has one loss.
1: But they won't have a win over Bama. Florida would. A&M lost to Bama at home. Um, I'll, I'll be honest' you know, I'm just I'll
0: be bluntly honest if if Ohio State loses the northwestern which I don't think is going to happen but if they does okay and Cincinnati wins the American I would think about putting Cincinnati in you could make
1: a lot of arguments but what I'm saying is if Bama
0: am I holding Bama. my breath on it no you're
1: right, no, but I'm just saying it, it to me. The four teams that are up there right now are probably the four that are going to get in, barring something stupid. AM is sitting there fifth. Mm-hmm. AM has an argument, but AM doesn't have a signature victory. Nope, they don't. Um, they've played an SEC schedule, uh, but they didn't beat Bama, and you know. Uh, and they beat, they did beat Florida. You're right. I'm, you're, you're right. They did beat Florida. No, no, so you're no. Right. Florida beat A&M, them. Florida, or, A&M. Oh, no. They A&M beat, A&M they beat would be Florida. Yeah. So you're right. A M and m would be probably take, move up a spot. Uh, They would become four. Bama would be three. Notre Dame, Clemson, Ohio, whatever. But it, it, Notre Dame, I think by Florida losing last week, really helped Notre Dame more than anybody. Because now Notre Dame can lose the game. As long as it's not by like four touchdowns, mm-hmm. which I don't think it'll be, but who knows? You know, Trevor, but if, if Notre Dame loses by like a touchdown, let's say, or 10 points, and uh, they can say, well, yeah, we beat Clemson without Trevor and double overtime at our place, but we gave him a real, you know, the the, the the thing about it is, does Dabo want to beat Notre Dame by four touchdowns? Oh,
0: no, he's you know, enough of an idiot. I don't he would know. Be, yeah.
1: But if he does, he could be hurting the ACC.
0: I don't think by he cares. That. I think he's in. I think Dabo's in the the church of Dabo, and that's it. I agree. So,
1: so could if they got up by like fourteen or twenty one, does he want to lay a big one on them? I don't, I don't know. Like I think no. I think Notre Dame's a pretty good team.
0: Yeah, I don't. I don't think, I don't think they're going to get. Yeah, I don't think they're going to get blown out. I think they'll lose, but I think no, they won't. I get think blown. Notre
1: Dame is better than some of the other Notre Dame teams we've seen kind of get to this point.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um. So I think the four playoff teams are going to be in some order: Bama, Clemson, Notre Dame, and Ohio State.
0: Yeah, probably.
1: And I and I guess Texas A and sitting there hoping something happens.
0: And I would assume that they will make it where Notre Dame and Clemson can't play each other uh, in two weeks.
1: Yeah, but I don't think that's written in like like.
0: Oh, it's I don't, not. It's not really in the bylaws. But I think that, to be honest, like if Notre Dame loses, I think Notre Dame's getting Bama. And it will do Clemson Ohio State. Right.
1: But I don't think you would intentionally – let's say Bama is the number one seed. I don't think you try to intentionally hurt Bama by coming up with a matchup. Now, if I'm Bama, I probably want to play Notre Dame.
0: That's what I'm saying.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know. um, But, you know, the interesting thing is going to be is if Ohio State wins this week and Alabama wins this week, if they don't get knocked off – But I I think Bama's in regardless of what happens. I I think is the one team that can sit here and say, we're in regardless of what happens this week. Um, Clemson could be out if they lose. I I think, you know, they'd have two losses. I I think they could be out. Um, How the committee's going to judge Ohio State playing six games versus, like, Texas A&M playing nine or ten with one loss to Alabama... uh, or, you know, or, or undefeated like, wait, Cincinnati. I think Cincinnati is a real long shot, only because it, there's are Cincinnati and it's the American Conference. I, I, I just think it's very, very tough to overcome the fact that you don't play in a real league. And I don't mean that in a disparaging way, but it's not the American
0: Conference is not the SEC. Mike, I agree. It's not the Big Ten. It's I not. I agree, but if you only have. Okay, if you only have three undefeated teams and one of them Cincinnati, then you have a problem. No, I don't care. If if if
1: you're going, if your claim to fame is I beat Memphis, I beat Temple, I beat um, uh, Central well, Florida, that's not as good of a claim as you can make in the SEC. I'm sorry, it it, it just isn't. It, it it and this this is a question forever you know yeah. is byUs 12 and0 as good as um you know Texas a and m's 11 and one
0: yeah I don't know
1: um you know but this is a weird year so I mean this would be the perfect year to have an 18 playoff you know because you would put Cincinnati in you Florida you'd in Florida Florida would be playing for something this week probably um you know, Northwestern could probably get in if they beat Ohio State,
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, but it's
1: not so Indiana. You know, Indiana is a tough one because they got Indiana is you know, probably tonight going to be
0: seven or eight in that ranking.
1: Yeah, maybe, but. You know I don't know I don't I know you're you're asking me on the face of it do I think Indiana is one of the best eight teams in the country no
0: no but I'm just saying if you're looking at it if they had expanded it to eight would Indiana have a shot to get in at eight I, or seven I, yeah I do
1: maybe but if Ohio State loses Indiana won't have a shot because they lost to Ohio State you'd have yeah. to put Ohio State in before you put Indiana in yeah it's I mean, that's just reality. You can't – if yeah. you're going to make the argument to me that Texas A&M should get in before Florida because they beat Florida, well, you know, then I can't put Indiana in ahead of Ohio State. Yeah. But I'm not in that room. I'm yeah. not one of the people in that room looking at all the stuff they look at. But I was seeing stuff the other week where, like, like the, a couple of teams in the SEC their strength of schedule was, like, fifth, you know, and, and other teams were, like, in the 40s.
0: know, mm-hmm.
1: yeah, that's a big difference.
0: So, well, this will play out all this week. So on Friday, we'll have a show. Maybe
1: they should, maybe they should put Kurt Schilling in the playoffs.
0: See how he does.
1: <laughs> make him make him the four seed.
0: <laughs> uh, are you ready? I'm losing my mind. Are you ready for the snow tomorrow?
1: I'm never. We haven't had
0: snow in two years, Two man. years. Um. So,
1: I, I mean, the good thing is I can just sit in my house and let it snow. I mean, at some point, I'm going to have to shovel something. Uh, without my wife's help, but her car never moves. So in theory, I could just leave the snow on her car and just make sure my car can get out. You know, I can do that.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm actually, like, it's strange. Every year I've thought about, like, since I bought the house, and it's like six, seven years I bought the house, I've been thinking, like, do I get a snowblower? And my wife always goes, man, no. Uh, yeah. Not
1: for row homes, man. <sighs> Where are you blowing it? Tell me, like, I got a guy up the street who has one. And he he he, law, yeah. He uses it. He, law, but where you blowing your snow uh, into your neighbors? Into your neighbor?
0: Well, no. I, I I would, well, to clear out the back of the driveway. Since we're one of these driveways that in the front, people. Um.
1: Okay. I, I look. If you think it works for no, 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 no. you, then you well, should get one. I
0: I think it's also now like you know, do you pan? Is it panicky if you're buying a snowblower for one storm a year? You know,
1: uh well, what if you get three storms a year?
0: Yeah, they do. I don't know you know, and I this yeah. is the first year I'll do this without my stepson here, so it's gonna be me doing it this week, so
1: it's going to be me doing it. It ain't going to be, and then my son always says, "Well, aren't there kids on your block?" I said, "No, no there's not kids on my block that can do it. um my wife can't do it, so but like I said, in my situation, I can leave my wife's car in the driveway. Just pile the snow around her car because it doesn't have to get out. I yeah. got my, and it'll melt at some point in a week, you know, or whenever or by Christmas. I guess my hope is know.
0: my hope is today is my trash day. Tuesday is my trash day, and in, in the city, and I hope it gets picked up today. Because if it doesn't get picked up today, it probably it's not getting picked up till next week. At this, uh,
1: I I mean I wouldn't go. My trash day is tomorrow is Wednesday. For, I mean, Thursday. My trash day is Thursday. So, I'm guessing they'll get here. They might not get here Thursday, but, you know, it'll get here Friday or Saturday. I mean, they, they, they got to start collecting trash. It ain't like they're going to put you off for a week, Kevin, because that oh. means nobody's trash is getting picked up.
0: Yeah, but the trucks have to be used as plows.
1: Yeah, but that usually lasts
0: for a day or so. You know, once we get to, like, Thursday. Well, oh, it's going to snow into Thursday morning.
1: Okay, so by Friday, the worst, the plowing will be over. You know, then they're going to start picking up trash again. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I
0: don't know. All right, Michael. I will see you on Friday. I guess maybe yeah, Thursday. We'll know by then. Yeah, I we'll guess. know. We'll know. Uh, uh, by the way, are you a big French toast fan with the eggs and the milk and the bread? And
1: I like. I, I don't have it very often.
0: Uh, I'm saying oh, during I, a snowstorm. What's that? During a snowstorm. Like everybody stocks up oh, on eggs, no, milk and toast. No, we, we
1: we just fend I don't know what we'll do during it's it's funny, I haven't thought of that because I don't have a lot of food in the house per se.
0: Uh, somebody's making a uh, shop right run.
1: Well, yeah, I mean Yeah, I hadn't I had to be honest with you, I hadn't really <laughs> thought of that. Um I mean, we got enough food in the house. It's not I mean, right. we got steak and chicken and pork chops. So I mean it's not like uh, the breakfast stuff I hadn't really thought of. Um yeah. Yeah. I got eggs. I mean I can we got eggs and we got bread. So yeah, I guess we could make French toast. That's right. I got I got vanilla, yeah.
0: Little cinnamon. Little cinnamon.
1: Yeah, we got all that shit.
0: Yep. All right, Michael.
1: Yeah, you just planted a thought in my head. That's okay.
0: that's what I'm here for. Our thanks to Rob Matty for joining us and our thanks to you for joining us. We'll see you on Friday. This has been Work of the Beat.